We meet today in Psalm chapter 34 to chapter 36. Psalm chapter 34 is a psalm of praise for deliverance. It has an explanation which is part of the inspired text. We read a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Now, the occasion of this psalm goes back to an incident that is recorded in the life of David. You will recall that King Saul was after David. This young man was fleeing for his life and hiding in one cave after another. He was in that region of the wilderness towards the Dead Sea. And not many people actually can survive in that area. David was able to survive in that wilderness. But he did grow weary and his faith got very weak. He thought he was going to be destroyed. So he went west to the land of the Philistines. The king of the Philistines received David at that time, but some of his men distrusted him. We read, And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands, and David laid up these words in his heart and was so afraid of Achish the king of Gath. That is a record from First Samuel 21, verse 11 to verse 12. So David realized that he was in real danger there in enemy territory. What does he do? He acted like a mad person. The king was disgusted at having an insane man in his presence and he sent him away. So David's life was spared at this time. When David escaped and returned to the wilderness of Israel to hide, I think he was lying there in the safety of a cave, thinking, I should have trusted God instead of running away. As we consider this psalm, think of it in the light of David's experience, who is a tired man, disgusted, wondering, which direction he should have taken. Psalm 34 verse 1 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now when you are in trouble, do you feel discouraged and defeated? David did. He kept running, 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 and it looked like it would never come to an end. He lost heart and he was very discouraged. He thought, one of these days I will be killed. Yet he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. My friend, I do pretty well in praising the Lord on good sunny day, isn't it? And when things go right, but it's not easy to praise God when things are difficult. Yet David says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth, in bad times and in good times alike. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34 verse 2. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You see, David's attitude was a testimony for the Lord God. Psalm 34 verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. 
You see, the first three verses are sheer praise to God. They are the hallelujah chorus. Now he gives us the reason for why he is praising God. Psalm 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Oh, how wonderful to have a God who hears us. Psalm 34 verse 5 to verse 6 says, They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and served him out of all his troubles. How thankful David was for God's deliverance. And my friend, I thank God for the way he has led me. I am sure you do. I thank God for the way that he has even undertaken in my most difficult situations. Count your blessings, my friend, and see what God has done, but also envision what God can do. Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Now, the angel of the Lord is mentioned only three times in the Psalms. He is mentioned in Psalm 34, verse 7 here, and in Psalm 35, verse 5 and 6, and that is all. I'm not going to go into any detail about this subject, but I believe that this angel is the Lord Jesus in his pre-incarnate state. You do not find the angel of the Lord in the New Testament because the Lord is no longer an angel, but a man. When he appeared in the Old Testament as an angel, he was none other than Lord Jesus. So in this verse, the psalmist tells us that the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, the Lord Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Matthew 28 verse 20, the Lord Jesus said, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. See, he goes with us everywhere. Now David extends the invitation. Psalm 34 verse 8. Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. What an invitation. Friend, test and see. David says, if you don't believe what I have said is true, test it for yourself and see that the Lord is good. Blessed or happy is the man who trusts in the Lord. There is nothing like this. You see, Saul had hunted David for a long time. David had hidden in caves and had become a ragged outdoor man. As he was going up and down, he had seen the sight that is mentioned in the next verse. Psalm 34 verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. My friend, David had seen hungry little lion cubs winning for something to eat. He also had seen those who had sought the Lord and had not lacked any good thing. If a lioness can take care of her little cubs, God can take care of you and me. David learned that not by theory, but by experience. He is the one who was to write letter and say, I was young, but now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. You see, this is putting Christianity into shoe leather, and we need it in shoe leather, my friend. 
David had experienced God's care. He knew it was real. It is real even still today. Psalm 34 verse 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. This is something that I need to learn, by the way. Perhaps you also need to learn it, to keep my tongue from evil. Many times I would even regret only when I have spoken and say, why did I speak like that? But also even to go a little further, God must help us to keep our lips from speaking deceit. Psalm 34 verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. So he's watching, he is seeing, but he's also listening when you cry. God hears and he answers prayers. It may not be the answer that we really are expecting, because sometimes he says no to some of our requests, but the Lord listens. His eyes are open and watching his ears are open to hear when we cry this is why you would hear david speaking and this old man cried and the lord heard him and delivered him from all of his troubles psalm 34 verse 16 the face of the lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Wow. God says here, I don't hear the prayer of a wicked man. Such a person has no right to go to God and ask him for anything except one thing, that is salvation. You don't have to even ask for forgiveness. He's got forgiveness for you already. All you have to do is to come to him and confess yourself as a sinner and trust Christ as your Savior. He will automatically forgive you. But if you are not coming to repent, he will not hear. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Psalm 34 verse 18 tells us, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and save such as have a contrite spirit. If a person is willing to take the place of humility, Come to the Lord as a sinner and trusting him, the Lord will be near that person. Now if that old reprobate who got down by the bed and prayed for his sick child will acknowledge his sin and accept Jesus as Savior, then God will hear his prayer for his child. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart. Psalm 34 verse 19 tells us, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The experience of life on earth is that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the good news is that the Lord delivers him out of them all. No one is free from trouble regardless of who he is. But when we are God's children, we can expect God's deliverance. Oh, how good God is. Let's bless him at all times, even as David did. Psalm 35 brings us to a plea for deliverance from the enemy. 
This is a psalm that David wrote during the days of the persecution by King Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 24 probably contains the background to this psalm. It is David's powerful appeal to a righteous God to execute judgment upon the enemies of God and the persecutors of his righteous people. When David wrote this psalm, he was in trouble. He was running away from Saul. Yet when David had an opportunity to kill Saul, he refused to do it. Saul knew that David had spared his life. And in 1 Samuel 24, Saul even said to him that he knew God had given the kingdom to David and admitted that David was more righteous than he was. Yet he continued to treat David as an enemy instead of bringing him home in peace. Now David's imprecatory prayer is not only personal but prophetic. David's persecution pictures the remnant of Israel during the tribulational period. The cry for the righteous judgment will be answered when the Lord Jesus Christ will come the second time. He will execute judgment and will deliver God's chosen people. Psalm 35 verse 4 and verse 5 tells us, Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them be like chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Now David wanted to turn it over to the Lord as you can see from his words. Here is now the second mention of the angel of the Lord. The second mention of the angel of the Lord is even mentioned there. The first was in Psalm 34 verse 7. And again, let me say that that angel of the Lord is none other than the pre-incarnate Christ. He is the deliverer and the executor of judgment. Psalm 35 verse 6 to verse 8. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause they have hidden their net for me in a pit, which they have dug without cause for my life. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly, and let his net that he has hidden catch him into that very destruction. Let him fall. Now this sounds very extreme. It is an imprecatory prayer. I do think it is inconsistent for a child of God to pray a prayer like this, since God has told us to turn things over to him. But if you think God is not going to take vengeance on evildoers, you are mistaken. He will do it without being vindictive. He will do it in justice and righteousness and in holiness. We do well in actually turning over our cases to God, our grievances to God, because he is going to make things right. This is a great psalm, a great comfort and a solace for the soul of man. Now listen to David after he has prayed that prayer. Psalm 35 verse 9 and 10. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy 
from him who plunders him. At this time, in David's life, he was a very poor man. While he was in exile, there came to him men who were in debt, men who were in distress, and men who were discontented. These were his companions, and they shared his ragged experience and his poverty. But God was with them, and he delivered the poor from him that was too strong for him. This is amazing. Psalm 35 verse 16. With ungodly mockers at feast, they gnashed at me with their teeth. You see, a mocker in that day was a court jester who was hired to amuse the guests at a banquet. In this case, they would make funny of David for running away and hiding from Saul. They probably would say he could slay giant Goliath, but he is afraid of King Saul. Hypocritical mockers are all around us today, and you will find them not just out in the world, but even in churches. Mockers actually hurt the testimony of the church. The church is the bride of Christ. God still has a purpose for the church, and somebody needs to do some cleaning up on the inside. We are not to judge the world, but we are to judge the things inside the church. There are those who ridicule God's men, and they lie about God's men, doing it in a most pious way. They are hypocritical mockers. They are jesters in the court of God, ridiculing God's men. My friend, it is good to know that although the righteous do suffer ridicule and even affliction, and although the enemy rejoices over their suffering, the end is always deliverance. In God's kingdom, the righteous will have their share. Psalm 36 is a picture of the wicked. This psalm has the inscription of David as the servant of the Lord. The psalm gives us a view of the human heart, which is wicked. You may not believe this, but every human being has a wicked heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Fortunately, God has a remedy for that heart problem. Psalm 36 verse 1 An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. What is that oracle of transgression in the heart? Well, the oracle there is the old nature that everyone has. We call it the Adamic nature. In Matthew 15 verse 19, the Lord Jesus says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Now, you see, it is an ugly brood that comes out of the human heart. It's full of all these things. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no fear of God before their eyes. It's actually quoted by Paul in Romans chapter 3 verse 18. This is a revelation of the wicked. The wicked has an oracle of transgression in his heart. That old evil nature has a hold on many kind. 
to those who say, let your conscience be your guide. I want to tell you, my friend, your conscience is not your guide. The Holy Spirit is your guide. Your conscience is like a barometer that will let you know if what you have done is right or wrong. But let the Spirit of God be your guide. Your conscience is that which will prick you after you have done something wrong. Psalm 36 verse 2. For, the, for he flatters himself in his own eyes when he finds out his iniquity and when he hates. Actually, Matthew Henry, in his commentary, makes a very interesting statement in this connection. He says that sinners are self-destroyed. They are self-destroyers by self-flatters. Satan could not deceive them if they did not deceive themselves. But will the cheat last always? No, the day is coming when the sinner will be undeceived, when his iniquity shall be found hurtful. I think that one of the things the lost will have to live with throughout eternity. It is this old nature that is going to hurt us, that is going to bring us down. That is the thing that will make his own little hell on the inside of his skin. If you are an unsaved person, the old nature is your greatest enemy, not far away from you, but inside you. Psalm 36 verse 4. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. You see, this person in his bed plans the evil he is going to do the next day. That is a frightful picture. When human beings go to sleep, instead of sleeping to get rest and re be replenished, to work good works, they plan evil. They plan to do evil the next day. That is frightful. Now we have a picture of what God is. Psalm 36, verse 5 to verse 7. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord. You preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. What blessed, wonderful words these are. This is the God who men rejects. This is the God whom men do not fear. The wicked do not know this God, and they have no idea what it is like to be under the wings of the Lord. That is the place where the righteous take refuge. Now I like to talk about the wings of the Lord. In Exodus chapter 19 verse 4, God told Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. You see, my friend, under the wings there is protection, security, rest, and the warmth of God's love. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. This is the God 
that many people are rejecting today who wants to take you under his wings and give you comfort and give you security and give you protection, peace, warmth. Psalm 36 verse 11 and 12 says, Let not the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the workers of iniquity have fallen. They have been cast down and are not able to rise. David prays that God will continue giving his mercy and grace to him so that he will not fall under the hand of the wicked. This is something that every believer should pray for. We live in a wicked world, a mean world, but tell you the good news is that we have a God who can hear our prayers. And our prayers must be, Oh God, don't let me fall into the hands of the wicked. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.